options are a beautiful thing. That's why I'm obsessed with my McDonald's order. It's ever-changing, but always me. And right now, it's only $3.49. So I can pair a tasty double cheeseburger, a delicious six-piece chicken McNuggets, or golden crispy small fries for just $3.49. My order might change depending on my mood, but that feel-good taste of Mickey D's is always the same. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And now it's time for the Ask the Angry Ninja Show. And it's time for the Ask the Angry Ninja Show. What? Well, how's a different one? She's getting creative on us. <laughs> what the hell's Ludadum? I don't know. I don't know. La la. I don't know. No, it's da da dum. Not. You're not la la. La di la I will bust out Baby Shark. I'm done. Baby Shark. <laughs> it's not a threat if she likes it. I guess. <laughs> that takes all the fun out of it. Mommy Shark. Okay, we don't have the rights to that music. Might get in trouble. I'm just enjoying it. The sharks. I'm not trying to sell it or nothing. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, the sharks might be all like that's our money, and then chum chum your butt. Daddy shark. <laughs> it's funny. I mentioned chum chum your butt. And you're like that's what daddy's do. <laughs> oh lord, have mercy. Ah, and the ninja wife is here, as you can tell. I'm not the ninja wife. The drugged out wife is here. Because <laughs> I don't know what she did to make her think she was invisible, but it only like affected drags. her. Drags. So you're going to be really, really still. I like how I'm being so still, I'm going to turn invisible while he's eating. That was my favorite part, I think, right there. Okay, you can stop being still. We can still see you. <laughs> you are not invisible. Only you can see me. But I mean, I'm the only one here, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> if there was more people here, they would see you too. Oh. Baby shark. <laughs> Alright. Now that we've rambled, as we always do at the beginning of every episode, apparently. Because he's a rambling man. Whatever. I wish I knew the words of this song. I would sing it for a minute, but I don't. But he doesn't. It's his music and whatever. Music. Okay, so since we've already got off topic and track and rambled for a minute or two. Rambling me. <laughs> we are talking. With a guitar in my hand. We are talking about movies. And why she's going to stab her husband. <laughs> As always. And if anybody who listens to this has any suggestions or topics or anything else you would like us to talk about, please feel free to give us a comment. Write us, message us, tell us what you want, and we will try our best to oblige. And now that she said that, I'll tell you where you can actually do that. You can get on twi- Twitter on at Seaman2342. Um, there's a Facebook page, Ask the Angry Ninja. Also, we have a Gmail account, AskTheAngryNinja at gmail.com, and we will get back with you. All right, so one of our movies I picked. Or no, you picked. You picked. I picked the top one. You picked the top one. And she had to be first this time. She's like, I'm being first. I'm first. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked Rob 
Schneider. Which we've actually discussed Rob Schneider a couple times as a peripheral character in movies we like that he happened to be in. Because when you do the Rob Schneider list, for me, not a lot of his movies I liked. And for me, there was. Yeah. Like, there's movies he's in that I like, but I couldn't think of any movie where he was the main character that I actually enjoyed. But he is one of my favorite movies, and it's a comedy called Down Periscope. I love this movie. There's not, I mean, there's a few movies I didn't like, but I love most of them. The Benchwarmers. Yeah, but he wasn't the main character. He was. Well, he was. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. The team was the main character. He was the leader of the team. Okay, Um, so there's one. Hot Chicks? I didn't like Hot Chicks. I like Animal? Anybody like Animal? Juice Big Little Melt Chick Love, one or two? The first one was so bad, I was surprised about the second one. <sighs> okay, just go with yours, because I love Down Periscope, too. Yeah, yeah. And Death Group, Kelsey Grammer plays a disgraced naval captain who wants to be in charge of a nuclear submarine. And basically what it comes down to is he's a great Navy captain, but apparently... He plays by his own rules. Well, not just that, but apparently there's this big thing against him that gets discussed that uh, he got Welcome Aboard tattooed on his penis. And that is a major plot line of the movie. That's not me being gross. He literally doesn't get promoted because this one dude's like, a true captain would never get that tattoo. Whatever. I think it's a funny tattoo. Welcome we'll aboard. So they challenge him in order to earn his promotion to take this old, broke down, non nuclear diesel engine sub that should be able to be detected by anybody because it's a piece of crap falling apart. And diesel engines are historically loud underwater. That up against the entire American Navy to make it to two points and blow up uh, fake targets. It's the military game, basically. Yeah. And sure enough, he does it. And Rob Snyder is his first officer. Mm-hmm. Rob Snyder's a little bit... Uh, Anal attentive. And aggressive. And... and the, about, I don't know, about halfway through the movie. Or no, it was almost towards the end. They're like, they're so tired of him. They make him walk the plank. They literally make him walk the plank. And they throw him onto a fishing boat rather than just out in the middle of the ocean. He doesn't know that fishing boat's there. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's <laughs> blindfolded. He's like, you're going to kill me. Leave me out of your ass. I'm going to have you call my job. And uh, Kelsey Grammer's the captain. Lauren Holly's in this movie. Uh, Every single comedian from the 90s is in this movie. One of my favorite characters, and I feel so bad, I do not remember his name, but he was in a bunch of other things I love. But he's the guy that makes, like, the whale sounds oh, and stuff. the ears. Oh, he was also in, um, for people who, who haven't seen Down's Periscope, he was in Dumb and Number. He played the cop that drank the pee. He was in, also, one of my favorite, I think it started off as a Disney Channel original movie, I think. Um, it was called Rocket Man. Rocket Man, he was in Rocket Man. He also did, uh... I mean, he's done a bunch of movies. He's done a lot of stuff. He's really, really funny. But he plays a character um, who does the radar detection. Yes. And he communicates with whales on his spare time. It's how they get out of being detected at one point. Yeah, yeah. They're about to be detected, so he starts making whale song noises inside the the submarine, so they think it's a whale. And then Rob Snyder's character is like, oh, oh, yeah. And then it works. Yeah. Uh, Great movie. And in the end, of course, Kelsey Rambert. Blows up the two targets. They Gets give him a ship. ship. They offer him a new crew, a better crew, a, a proper crew, a proper crew, and he turns it down for his ragtag muffin team crew of rejects. And there you go. Yeah. And it's it a great movie. And you picked 
Well, I was torn, so I got two wrote down, y'all. So, I'm going to tell you the one that I almost picked was Eight Crazy Nights because I love this movie. She loves this movie. I do. And he's the narrator through the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And he is the Chinese restaurant waiter. Yes. Love this movie. Almost picked this movie. Did not pick this movie. Almost picked Hot Chicks. Animal. I mean, the list went on and on for me. But I went with Beverly Hillbillies. Great movie. I mean... He is, again, another Weasley little character. <laughs> he is, uh, works in the bank, hears about the Clampett's money, and puts this scheme together with his girlfriend. Well, I think the girlfriend did more than put the scheme together. Let's be honest, she was the brains okay, of the Okay, she was the brain. He just had the intel. Yeah, he just had the job. That yeah. was really it. Yeah. Yeah. And and she used not having sex with him to control him. Yes. Very well. Yeah. But then, my favorite part with him is at the wedding at the end of the movie, when the cousin, you know, who looks, <laughs> oh. is like the twin. Of Jethro. Of Jethro. Which was just the actor playing Jethro in a dress. Yes. For the record. Oh. And she's like, crap. I'll wait for you. Oh. And just squeezing him and hugging him. Oh, she ragdolled him. But this movie also has another one of my favorites. Uh, Jim Burney. Yeah, Jim Burney, no longer with us. Also, Ernest. Ernest. And, oh. and of course, we can't mention James Barney. And anything without bringing up Toy Story. Because he originally did the dog. He did. He was uh, slinky. He was thinking, and you can see that movie on, uh, what Disney what? Plus? I don't know. Still not a sponsor. <laughs> get that out the way. But no, Birth of a Great Movie. They're trying to take the money. Um, they, you got Ellie Mae and the, the Cement Pond and, and the critters. critters. Yeah, just all kind of. Granny. I love Granny. Granny. Great. Granny refused to go to Beverly Hills, so they strapped her in her rocking chair to the room. Hey, which. The part about that I don't get is as soon as I got the rocket, the first thing to do is give her a gun. That just seems like a bad plan. If I just tied somebody <laughs> to her. Beverly Hill, welcome. Oh, I'm flipping everybody <laughs> off. That must be how they say howdy here. But I love it when, like, they're driving past someone and someone pulls out, like, this 9mm. Yeah. And, like, I got one of those two and the whole family pull out one and they're like, drive, drive, drive. Oh, yeah. They hit on everything in this one. Oh. I mean, they pretty much take every joke that was in every episode of the TV shows and crammed it into one movie. Like Jeffro with the, was it, the eighteen foot sub? Oh, I wanted that sub so bad. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I'll just bring Willie's over as soon as I call. He goes, anytime you want. Oh. Well, and then he, howdy. and then they, he wants to fix up his truck because they don't think they need nothing fancy, so he does it himself and turns yeah. that old truck into a Bigfoot. Yeah, and he gets with the, oh shoot, Miss Hathaway. Yes, he does. Yeah, because she's all about her from Jethro. Yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, The next pick is yours. Wow, I think we're like four squeaks for this episode already. This is like a new record. You must be sleepies. Maybe a little. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. All right, I picked Angela Jolie, which this is an easy pick for her. She's pretty much, the, I knew what movie she was going to pick as soon as I said Angela Jolie. A few others too, but yes, you're right. I was right. I called it. This was my movie. And is is it also on? 
Still not a sponsor. <laughs> so I picked Maleficent. Maleficent. Now this this movie this is the one where they kind of turn her kind of goodish. Yeah. Um, I like the first one. I love the second one. But we're going to talk about the first one. Yes. Because the first one is where it sets up, and if you haven't seen it, spoiler, sets up why Maleficent is so angry and so hell-bent on getting kind of like shutting off from the kingdom and not helping at all. Well, yeah, after what he did, though, right? Yeah. Like, her and the king were kind of best friends because he snucks into... Snuck. Snuck. He snucked in. <laughs> sneaks in when they're kids. And she catches him, and they become friends, and you know they grow up together pretty much. But she falls in love with him. No. And he wasn't a noble at the time. He was like a squire or something like that. Mm-mm. And to prove himself to the king, because the king's on his deathbed, said the first one who can bring me her uh, wings or her head or whatever, or kill her. Mm. Uh, the first one who can kill her or whatever, I will give my kingdom. And, uh, so he goes, and even though they're friends, and she loves him, he basically, he under, he lies to her, and mm. while they're snuggled up and she's asleep, cuts he off her wings. cuts off her wings and leaves her, just so he can be king. Well, he can get to be king. And she destroyed that kingdom, and his daughter now loves her, because mm-hmm. that is her godmother. And this is one of the reasons we named our puppy Aurora, and sometimes I call her Beastly. Yes. Because in the movie, uh, uh, Maleficent does not want to get attached to Aurora, so she just calls her Beastly. And she ends up getting attached and starts saying Beastly like it's a good thing. Yeah, and then the second one is, oh, it's so much better and all this. But I think everybody should watch it, especially if you've seen the original Sleeping Beauty, because this one gives Maleficent a backstory that I think... I always wanted because I was like, why is she so mad? Like, in the original Sleeping Beauty, it pops up, you know, she's, oh, where's her invitation and stuff. But why is she so mad? Well, now you know. And this kind of gave it to us. And I was like, I'd be mad too. Mess him up, Maleficent. I'm on Team Maleficent now. Team Maleficent. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. Team Maleficent. Team Maleficent. I-, I bet you can get that shirt made. All right, and I picked... A totally different kind of movie. <laughs> but honestly, a really great action movie. It's called Wanted. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm pretty sure by the planet has seen this movie. It's, it's, it's fairly old. But you got James McAvoy in there playing this guy who has had some serious issues. Chris Pratt is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays James McAvoy's best friend who is also sleeping with James McAvoy's girlfriend. What a friend. What a friend. Yeah, he was a good friend. And and getting... This is one of the... the, the karma setting up moments in the movie. Um, in, in opening scenes, he's literally at the ga- or pharmacy buying stuff, and Chris Pratt shows up as his buddy, whatever, and buys a box of condoms and uh, energy drinks. And he's like, yeah, I need these for my, my my lady. And Oh, I don't have any money, man. You pay for it. So he pays for them. So he literally pays for the condoms for his best friend to go sleep with his girlfriend. And later on in the movie, he finds out, and he takes a keyboard from a computer and cracks him across the face with it. Sweet. Right? But it turns out his father is one of the world's greatest assassins. Mm -hmm. And they can do this thing where they get their adrenaline pumping, and they're pumped so fast it literally slows down time. And they can curve bullets. So, like, 
say you're sitting right in front of me and I want to shoot a target behind you. I get my adrenaline pumping. I do the special thing with the gun and the bullet literally curves around you like throwing a curveball. It hits the target I behind you. I wouldn't sit here for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I can't blame you. But yeah, and Angela Jolie's another one of the elite assassins. Um, Morgan Freeman runs the group. And his father, he is told, has been killed by another assassin who's gone rogue. And nobody else is good enough to hunt him down, so they're going to bring him in and train him to teach him to be the world's greatest assassin. So let's do it. Angela Jolie comes in and, and teaches him, and Morgan Freeman teaches him, and they create him and make him the world's greatest assassin. And he goes to hunt down this assassin that he thinks killed his father. No, yes, it's his father. It is his father. I don't know, and I haven't even seen this movie, y'all. Well, because what it turns out is he did indeed go rogue, but he went rogue because Morgan Freeman, who ran the assassins... It's very was lying about the jobs. The way they pick their jobs is they use a binary code based on the loom of fate. And the theory is, anytime a loom's running, occasionally stitches cross one way or another. One way equals a one, one way equals a zero. And it always spells out a name. And that's the name of somebody that fate has decided needs to die. Okay. And they discuss it like they didn't make a kill one time in time and then being thousands of people end up dying because of it. So, they believe in it. They're going for it. And it turns out Morgan Freeman has been making them up and doing it for profit. And killing people that they weren't supposed to kill. And at the very best scene in the movie, the scene that makes this scene for movie for me with Angela Jolie is all of them are in this room that's a circle. All the assassins. And Morgan and James McCarthy calls Morgan Freeman out for what he was doing. And Morgan Freeman's like, you're right, I am. And then he pulls out bits of the fate paper um, that's really a target for every single assassin that's in the room. He goes, that's why I did it. It said we need to be eliminated. All of us. Every one of our names is on the list. And Angela Jolie's like, hmm. And Murphy's so do you want to kill this guy and go make some money? Or do you want to follow the list? And Angela Jolie is a true believer. So she curves a bullet around the entire room, kills every assassin in the room with that bullet, and then stands in front of herself. Because her name was on the list. That's the ending? No, that's not the ending. How much more? James McAvoy lives. He, he oh. goes and hunts down Morgan Freeman. But, like, she's like, she was a believer. Like, my name's on the list. I got to go. Along with all the rest of the issues. She took out every one of the assassins in one shot. One bullet. That's a bit messed up. Oh, it's a great movie. And don't forget the rats that are filled with explosives. He, he mixes peanut butter with C4 and, and feeds it to thousands of rats. And then puts little timers on them that Aww. make all the rats blow up. Great movie. Okay, then. What? You're disturbed? A little bit. Exploding rats. Yeah, and like like thousands of them. Like, he had like three 50-gallon drums of this mixture. He fed all the rats. So it was a lot of blowing up. Okay. Like, rat guts everywhere. Moving on before I lose my lunch. Oh, come on now. <laughs> all right, and you picked... Dustin Hoffman. I had to look to see who that was. I know. Well, look, here's my thing. I confused Dustin Hoffman, apparently, with Sean Penn. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to movie. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick I Am Sam. Yeah, wrong character. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Because I could have swore that was Dustin Hoffman. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick the, 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 the guy from the, the movie, the program, that great football movie. That's not him either. But you picked. I picked. And it was, it was a choice. 
Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. You made me watch this movie. I did make you watch this movie. And I actually liked it, other than one part. What part didn't you like? Ah, the whole, the block thing. Options are a beautiful thing. That's why I'm obsessed with my McDonald's order. It's ever-changing, but always me. And right now, it's only $3.49. So I can pair a tasty double cheeseburger, a delicious six-piece chicken McNuggets, or golden crispy small fries for just $3.49. My order might change depending on my mood, but that feel-good taste of Mickey D's is always the same. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Yeah, but she figured out the block. Right, yeah, that one. Okay, so if you haven't seen this movie, and it is not on Disney Plus or Disney. It's because Disney hasn't bought them yet. Um, Emphasis on yet. So this movie is about, well, Mr. McGorn mm-hmm. and his toy store. Yes. And it's a magical toy store. And it is called the? The Emporium. The Wonder, Wonder Emporium. Emporium, yeah. And things come to life, and they have this giant book of toys that you say, like, you're looking for a doll. So you would open the book and pull out the doll. Yeah. It is a great movie. It is full of magic and wonder, and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy, and it has Natalie Portman in it. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Jason Bateman in it. <laughs> and Jason Bateman is a accountant who is uptight, has no fun, nothing like that. Tell him he's Natalie Portman. And the, I can't remember the kid in the movie. Oh, yeah, the kid. He gets the kid to play with the hats. Yeah, because the kid is a little bit of an outcast, but he fits in so well at the opponent. Okay, a little bit of an outcast is an understatement. That kid was all kind of an outcast. Still. I, I, I want his hat collection. His hat collection was great. And Natalie Portman is trying to compose her greatest masterpiece. She is a piano player. Yes. And she's blocked. Yes. And Mr. Morgorium, sadly, is... Fading away. Yes, he's hundreds of years old at this point, so we're not going to have a whole lot of sympathy for yeah. him. He is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and Cause the hundreds. Because the Toy Story years. really is magical. He really is full of magic. And the way they know this is the Toy Store starts to get like gray, gray colors in the corners. So the toy starts to act up or be sad and stuff like that. And it's really sad part. And then he's like, I'm going to give you, to Natalie Palmer's character, my emporium. Yeah. You're going to run it. And she doesn't believe she can. She doesn't believe in herself. And it takes the kid, the last few whatevers with Mr. Magorium. And they finally get the accountant on board and he's on it. And the Toy Story comes back to life. The magic comes back. It is a joyful movie. It is a great movie. It is a wonderful family movie. And it will make you so happy and so sad at certain parts. You know, you kill me sometimes. Why? Because I told you that kind of movie I picked. And and you're hitting us with all this happiness and pickiness and glitter. And I'm about to hit you with aliens that murder. But that's why we work. We're yin and yang. I have pixie dust and you have... Uh, uh, I have it. Gore. I have it. But see, that's just it. This is not a gory movie. Okay, Um, I have pixie dust and you have... Uh, Suspenseful. Violence? Okay, it is a little violent. Okay. 
But that's not what makes this movie so great. So, what happens in the movie The Spear? If you haven't seen it, it's Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, and Samuel Jackson. They play three experts in three different fields, mathematician, communications, things like that. And Dustin Hoffman um, needed a paycheck one day, and the person said, hey, write me protocols for a first encounter with the alien. And Dustin Hoffman says... What's that a movie on its own? First Encounters? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, they were trying. To, he goes sure, and he literally just pulled some names out of us. But he knew Sharon Stone. He knew the and like yeah, and he writes out these protocols and turns them in. And they go, okay, I got paid. Yay! He's like my mortgage is covered. And then like three or four years later, the Secret Service show up his house. Like it's time. The protocols <laughs> starting. He's like, huh? I I wrote that because I needed a mortgage payment. What? And then, sure enough, they take him and Sharon Stone and Samuel Jackson, pretty much not against their will, but not really given a choice kind of government situation, out to the ship in, in the middle of the ocean, and they're like, hey, we found this alien ship. Go down there and figure it out for us. So they send them deep down underwater, and when they get underwater, what they find is the ship isn't an alien ship. It's from the future. Okay. It, yeah, it's got, like, French words on the trash can, but English words, too. So, apparently, at one point in the future, everybody gets together and sends this ship in outer space. But in the cargo hold of the ship, there's this spear. And nobody knows what the spear is. It doesn't make any sense. And what the spear does is opens up their mind and gives them powers. But no way to control them. No way to know what they are. No nothing. So, they start creating monsters and bad things happening on the ship because they're thinking about it because that's what they're worried about basically the power is it manifests what you're thinking so all this bad stuff happens they're all dying and they finally escape and go back up to the surface and they're in this room and they're like we can't tell anybody we found this because it's going to create massive problems and we can't handle these powers we need to get rid of them so let's all think together so we lose our powers and then one goes, yeah, but if we remember anything, then they're going to get out of us. So we have to forget it, too. So we need to erase our minds, too. So the Indians complete cheese. They literally all sit there in a circle and think real hard and erase their minds and lose their powers. And then when that happens, the spear flies through the sky and goes back into outer space. Thinking's bad in this movie. Thinking's bad. And that literally happens like they're in the oh, final, okay. the little final part trying to escape, in the little escape pod. Uh-huh. But one of them started thinking about a bad scenario. So they all got stuck in the bad scenario. And Desmond Helms, he's like, look, I know one of us is thinking this. Stop thinking it. We just need to escape. Somebody press the button. Press the button. The red oh. button. It was red. Of course it was red. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I know that sounds silly, but when you don't know, that's what the, the ending of the movie is. Like, the suspense game, they're like, where's this stuff coming from? Where's all this stuff happening? Where does sh-? It's great. It's a great, suspenseful movie. And in the end, they, they, they save the day and send the spear back to space. Okay. But also, I never explained exactly what the spear is because they still don't know. Because I think there was supposed to be a sequel. And it didn't do that well, so. No, it didn't. No. I wonder why. Because everybody was sick of Sharon Stone. <laughs> like, after Basic Instinct, Sharon Stone could not get a movie role that was decent. Nothing. Wasn't there a Basic Instinct 2? It was, but she wasn't in it. Oh. Yeah. Um,. After a bit, like, look, we've all seen your vagina on big screen now. We no longer want to see you act ever again. Go away. Okay. I was really kind of sad because she was a really great actress, but after that movie, it's just like she got offered, like, Catwoman. That was it. It was horrible. 
Very sad. She was Catwoman? No, she was the bad guy, remember? The Halle Berry. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of... Oh, a good the one? Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. I'm like, no, no. she wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. All right. And then I picked... And I totally did this selfishly because I want to talk about this movie. Dakota Fanning. Well, let's talk about your movie then. Or uh, you, want- you go first. You actually you actually have a really good movie here that I didn't know existed. I didn't know what it was about. But literally the person who created female rock stars. Yeah. Um, so the movie is called The Runaways. And it is about the band The Runaways. Who, if you don't know who The Runaways are... Um, but everybody knows one song specifically, and that is Cherry Bomb. Everybody knows that song. You may not know who sung it, but you know that song. Yes. And that's how I got him to know who I was talking about. Yes. So the movie is basically about the Runaways becoming the Runaways. Um, you have Dakota Fanning. Yes. Is the first thing they did run away? So you have Dakota Fanning, and shockingly... You have uh, <coughs> the chick from Twilight. Yes, Christina. I can't act Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that's what I said. As Joan Jett. And I think she did a fairly good job as Joan Jett. Because let's face it, everybody knows Joan Jett. You may not know the runaways, but you know Joan Jett. Well, I mean, the reason Christina could do that role well is she can do roles well that doesn't actually involve facial expression or emotion. As long as the roles don't require those two things, she's golden. And Joan Jett was an emo-y kind of 70s, wanted to be a rock star person. So she wasn't allowed to show emotion. And she acted all emo-y. So Christina Stewart could pull, pull it off. Alrighty. Am I wrong? There was emotion. Right. Behind giant sunglasses so you didn't have to see your face. Anyway. Hmm? So the movie is about the runaways. Their big hits, how Joan Jett also came to fame and stuff like that. And so we'll go talk about yours since he keeps wanting to bash on mine. No, I, actually, that's it. I'm not bashing on the movie. I'm not even bashing on Joan Jett. Christina Stewart is who I'm bashing on. And it just Christian Stewart. I, I don't know. She's not that important enough to remember. You know her best role in any movie? What is that? Sathor. She nailed that role because she was frozen for 90% of the movie and did not have to make a facial expression. He's just being a hater, y'all. You know what? She got paid more than you to do it. I mean, you're right because I can't pull off moody teenage girl. I bet you could if you tried. Oh. <sighs> that hurt. That, like, right there. Are you a little warm over it? Because I'm pretty sure you just got burned. Oh. With Christina Stewart, no less. That's like the worst burn on the planet. <laughs> I need some balm or something. <laughs> and you picked, and look, the minute he said Dakota fan, I said, I know exactly what movie you're going to pick. I am. And the thing is, with this movie, is Man on Fire with Denzel Washington was, when we did Denzel Washington, I almost wanted to pick this movie, but there's so many other good Denzel Washington movies. I think you would leave me for him and Kevin Smith, I'm just saying. I would not leave you for either for more than a day. <laughs> but no, uh, Man of Fire is just, we've talked about before, I love good karma movies. Yes. That I just always have, always will. When the bad guy gets what they deserve in the end and get it in a creative manner is just even better. Uh, but Denzel Washington plays a worshipped CIA slash army guy. They don't really talk about it a whole lot, but he's uh, 
falling apart. He's become an alcoholic. And he's just not as sharp as he should be. Because he's tired of all the death and everything. He, he's sad. Um, and Christopher Walken plays one of his friends who works in uh, South America. And he's like, look, come down here. I'll get you a job as a bodyguard for some kid. Some millionaire kid. You'll drive him to and from. And there's not a lot that goes on down here. Okay. So he comes down. He gets him the job. And he's real honest with the husband. He's like, look, I have a drinking problem. It affects my hand-eye coordination. But you get what you pay for. You're not offering near what everybody else is paying. And he's like, just keep your drinking low-key. Don't tell my wife. That's how I want to watch my kid. The drunk. Well, there's a catch to that. Um, and problem is, is Denzel Washington ends up falling in love with the kid. Not in any creepy kind of way, but like coaches her how to be a better swimmer, teaches her. Kind of takes on a father role. He does, because her parents are always gone. That's why yeah. they have a bodyguard. And like she even has a teddy bear. His name is uh, John Creasy. And she calls her teddy bear the Creasy Bear. Aww. It's absolutely adorable. So he kind of gets cleaned up a little bit. So the girl gets kidnapped. And he kills like two of the kidnappers in the process, but they still get away. And they shoot him a whole bunch of times. And it turns out. It was supposed to be uh, an insurance fraud. The father was losing everything. And he had a $10 million kidnapping policy out on his daughter. So he made a deal with a professional kidnapping group. It's all they do is kidnap kids for ransom. That you keep $5 million, I'll keep $5 million. You keep the kid for a couple of days, we'll pick him up, no big deal. Well, the cops are in the secret organization of bad guys too. Of course they are. Including the head cop, and they try to steal the money during the drop, and that's when they realize the money's missing, and then the so the kidnappers don't get their money, so they tell them, "Well, we killed her," and hang up the phone. And about that time, John Creasy comes out of his coma from being shot, and he's like, "I'm going to kill everybody involved," and he, he goes up to the wife and he goes. I promised I wasn't going to be like this anymore. But I need your permission. And she goes, kill everybody. And Good mama. He starts killing everybody. And, like, he gets creative with it, too. Like, he gets the head cop. The cop is supposed to be protected better than the president, right? And straps him to a car hood and sticks an explosive um, up the poop chute and puts it on a tidewash. She goes, you have this much time to start telling me everything you know. And he starts talking, tells him this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden, he finds out the whole thing, right? And he goes, okay, he starts to wake up. And the guy's like, wait a second, I told you. Turn off the clock. He goes, wow, she's dead because of you. And he leaves. And, and that's, But she wasn't really dead, was she? No, that's that's the trade-off. He starts killing everybody. He even kills the father. Because the father, he finds out the father was involved. Yeah, what kind of father does that? Well, he had cut a deal. I don't care. You do not put your kid at any kind of risk. I'm 100% with you on that one, but in his mind, he wouldn't, he hadn't put her at risk because he had cut a deal and they'd done this before. And but if those people decide they wanted the whole $10 million instead of just $5. Well, then he still gets his daughter back. He, he just loses the money. Still, but you just put your daughter through something tra- traumatic. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's a horrible person and he dies for it. Good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he starts killing, he tracks down the kidnappers who are supposed to be impossible to find. He starts killing them and he kidnaps the head kidnappers wife and brother and she's pregnant with a daughter he goes I'll kill all three of these unless I get to kill you instead he goes um, trade you life for a life he's like what do you mean he goes life of my family and you can have her back he's like she's alive he goes yeah she's alive please don't kill us 
Please tell me he killed him anyway. Uh, no, he doesn't. Because at that point, um, he was dying pretty much the whole movie. Um, from the shots, he got shot so many times, yeah. they never really healed. So he's dying, but he gets her back, gets her back with his mom, and he goes with them, supposedly so they could torture and kill him. But he dies in the plane, or the helicopter, wherever it was, he dies. But that's when the cops, like, because of everything he'd done, track him down and shoot him while he was running away. And all of them end up getting killed by the, the real police. Yeah, what a great movie. Like... Everything you want to happen happens at one point in this movie. It's a great movie. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, it's Denzel Washington being Denzel Washington. You can never go wrong with that. <laughs> Denzel Washington is a little bit of my hero. Just a little. Which makes me feel kind of bad because when we did talk about Denzel Washington, there were so many great movies and I picked <gasps> The Preacher's Wife, but that is one of my favorites of his. I mean, he plays an angel. He plays an angel. And in this way, he, he plays the angel. Um, Actually, he's even called the angel of death. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, Christopher Walken has this great scene in this movie where they're talking about, like, every person has a masterpiece of something. Everybody's an... Us. We also do live sales on our Facebook twice a week. If you come in store, we have over 300 different stones and crystals, different oils, brewing kits. We have everything for your metaphysical needs. So come on. Come check us out. Give us a call. Bye. Before we close out the show, I got some suggested listening for everybody. Everybody should check out the Slightly Off-Key podcast, Angry Ninja Approved, and the Moonshine Joan podcast. And my boy Moonshine was drinking a little moonshine when he made his podcast. So that's Moonshine, spelled with an I, a Y, not an I. Moonshine Joan podcast and Slightly Off-Key podcast. Both are Angry Ninja Approved. Alright everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to donate the show, help us out. Go to patreon.com slash worst jokes. That's patreon.com slash worst jokes. Join a tier, join a high enough tier, help us out. You're gonna earn some merchandise out the deal. Also, people who are on Patreon get first dibs on answering questions. But if you want to find me on Twitter at Cman2342, answer questions on there also and YouTube and Facebook. All you gotta do is search for ask them. Or also look at our Facebook page. It is Moonstruck, two words, not one, or you get the movie with share. Great movie, but not us. We also do live sales on our Facebook twice a week. If you come in store, we have over 300 different stones and crystals, different oils, brewing kits. We have everything for your metaphysical needs. So come on, come check us out. Give us a call. Bye. Before we close out the show, I got some suggested listening for everybody. Everybody should check out the Slightly Off-Key podcast, Angry Ninja Approved, and the Moonshine Joan podcast. And my boy Moonshine was drinking a little moonshine when he made his podcast. So that's Moonshine, spelled with an I, a Y, not an I. Moonshine Joan podcast and Slightly Off-Key podcast. Both are Angry Ninja Approved. Alright everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to donate the show to help us out, go to patreon.com slash worst jokes. That's patreon.com slash worst jokes. Join a tier, join a high enough tier, help us out. You're going to earn some merchandise out the deal. Also, people who are on Patreon get first dibs on 
answering questions. But if you want to find me on Twitter at cman2342, answer questions on there also, and YouTube and Facebook. All you gotta do is search for Ask the Angry Ninja. I promise you'll find everything we're doing. Hope everybody has a ninja night. First, not one, or you get the movie with share. Great movie, but not us. We also do live sales on our Facebook twice a week. If you come in store, we have over 300 different stones and crystals, different oils, brewing kits. We have everything for your metaphysical needs. So come on, come check us out. Give us a call. Bye. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. To my newborn baby boy, the day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. (laughs) What a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations, which is why we're dedicated to doing up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies, checking for things like scarring. In fact, only the best produce, like zesty oranges and crisp carrots, reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.